Hi everybody, it's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. I have a case study today with Jen calling in from the US. Thank you so much for your time and welcome to our call, Jen. Yes, so happy to be here, Joey. Thank you. How does it feel to be on the case study side of the conversation? Um, exciting and um, I'm a little nervous, but it's I'm happy to be here. Really happy to be here. Yes. Yeah. It's a treat. I'm so happy to meet you. Yes. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And be able to say thank you no. as well. Honestly, it's my pleasure. So I'm going to give the laser introduction to Jen so that we don't have to go too deep into the, the decade-long history and medical history. But Jen was diagnosed with many years and had eight years of the vertigo um, becoming intrusive finally found a doctor who she re was resonant with who recommended a surgery, surgical solution or treatment that wasn't too destructive and, and Jen felt okay, it felt right, um, which was an inner ear shunt as opposed to other options in inner ear surgery which can be actually destruction of the inner ear organisms altogether. So we're trying to prevent the vertigo by destroying it or just shunting some of that movement in the inner ear. So Jen went for the more gentle surgery after the surgery, she found the Rocksteady community and engaged in the Rocksteady program to help give her the skills and tools to manage post-operatively and just the ongoing uncertainty of, you know, we don't know what to expect after surgery and we don't know what to expect without surgery. A lot of it's this ball of uncertainty and that's where Rocksteady comes in. What do we do with that? So Jen, do you want to speak a little bit about your decision to use the Rocksteady program to take that route of education and where did it get you, get you to? Just just talk us through your thought process. Um, I So I had the surgery and recovered for a few months yeah. and um, was feeling pretty good, but I had stressful event and international travel and things piled up and I started to have vertigo again. Mm. and um, I was sad. I was despondent, really, that, you know, even after the surgery, I knew that it was a risk. You know, it doesn't cure vertigo for everybody, and it improves vertigo for many, but, I, you know, I didn't know where I was going to be on that spectrum, but when I started having vertigo again, I really was upset um, and sad mm. and thinking I've got to find something. So... Um, I, um, actually found Joey on the Vita website, um, in the U S and I was intrigued with this idea of neuroplasticity and I saw your videos, um, explaining a bit about it. And I thought that sounds, I resonated with that. And I thought that sounds like something that might be really helpful. Mm. Um, but I wasn't sure. So I started the seven day course. To see, like, I just want to, you know, feel this out because I have no idea what this is. And um, I did the seven-day course, and and I thought, yep, Joy's onto something. I this is the first time where, in the many years that I've been diagnosed with Meniere's, that someone's talked to the emotional side of what is Meniere's, and so that was very powerful for me. Yeah, very powerful. And then I after completing the seven day workshop, I don't remember exactly how, what you call it. 
um, I signed up for Ruck Study. Yeah, great. And as you started to navigate module one, which is almost uncomfortably full of content, it's a very dense module, the first module, and we're covering a lot of bases because people are coming in from all different places and different um, parts of their healing journey and different diagnoses. But how did you begin to touch your toes into the waters? Did you dive in and do everything? Did you slowly drip feed it? Did you pick and choose that doesn't feel right? This, you know, talk us through how you actually began your study journey. So I told myself I was going to do each module. I would spend two weeks on each module that I, I had the time and the ability to say, I'm going to take it slow. And I'm going to do as much of it as I can, as much as it of it that makes sense to me or feels right. Mm. And um, so I spent two weeks starting with the body scan is what I remember from module one. And I love that. That's one of my favorites is doing that body scan and um and listened to the bonus audios and listened to your interviews with different practitioners of different things. And um, I, it just, I did exercises, you know, throughout the day. And I, I just, I was all in. Yeah. And I told myself, I am, I'm at the end of yeah. options. Yeah, which is often the case, which is often the case. And I want to find a path through this. Yeah. And this is a different approach. And it's, as you say, in the program, you know, it's more than what a medical doctor has time to ever give you. They never have the time to understand that, you know, what it is you really need emotionally and how difficult Meniere's and vertigo actually is. And, you know, I don't think that they've ever experienced it. Very few, in fact, have experienced it. So it's, um, but anyway, you know, you have 20 minutes and you get, you know, you're just getting the medical, how they can fix it. They want it. They want to help me feel better. They've always been very compassionate, but it's, you know, what they do is the surgery and the fixing. Yeah. And, and in the doctor's defense, it's also not their job to understand our emotional inner workings or inner world. It's exactly. they've got their expertise in that medical realm and anatomical realm. And then that mental, emotional, spiritual inquiry and investigation becomes our commitment to ourselves. And often we don't know where to start. And I noticed in the beginning, you mentioned that hearing me talk and, and sort of joining my community was satisfying that part of you that felt perhaps misunderstood or neglected emotionally. I'm curious, in coming to the Rocksteady community, did you actually begin to gain a new vocabulary to express what it was you were feeling? Like, does it feel like don't even know how to talk about it and suddenly, oh, my God, here's everybody talking about it. And there's, exactly. so, there's a blossoming of possibility of, oh, I relate to that and I relate to that or that's me. and all that. So it's almost like this rebirth of being allowed to be who I am. I don't have to hide it anymore, which is exhausting. And I don't have to pretend I'm okay anymore, which is exhausting. I can actually be authentic and truthful and speak directly to what I'm sensing and feeling in a way that's not victimizing, but empowering. Yes. 
Very much so. And, and that's exactly right. The, like not having the vocabulary even to describe what the anxiety, the fear, the panic, yeah. um, all of that. It, it was, yes, I didn't have the words really to even understand it for myself. So my next question, I'm curious where you'll take this because it's a pretty open question, but can you reflect back on how your relationship to yourself might have changed through the modules? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've made some bullet points here because yes. there were some very profound moments um, for me. And I would, my first one I wrote down was, you know, the incredible sense of understanding when I have felt powerlessness. Yeah. And at first, when I listened to that module where you speak about, you know, the sense of powerlessness and childhood, and I, I just was in, you know, going back and back in my mind, you know, thinking of being a child, when did I feel powerless? And oh, that's what vertigo feels like. This thing is just taking over my life. Mm. And um, so that was very profound to contemplate that. Mm -hmm. And then another one, do you want me to just keep going on with this? Yeah, I would, I would love to hear more. And I also feel like I want to share to the listeners, you might think, well, I don't want to go back into moments of powerlessness. That just sounds re-triggering and re-traumatizing. But what Jen is, I think, sharing, if I'm hearing you correctly, is we learn how to take our power back. Once we realize feelings of powerlessness, we can actually sort of flip the mindset, come in as that securely attached adult who now has choice and agency and power, and we can befriend, mentor, cuddle, soothe, support, and reassure any younger parts of ourselves you know, in a world that are really seeking that reassurance, we can come in and fill that spot. So we get our power back. Exactly. Exactly. And so I had this very strong visual image of myself as a little, little child and holding her hand yeah. really and pulling her through this. Cause the, I mean, I, I don't want to get all emotional about this, but it was, it was very powerful yeah. and helpful. Yeah, and, and and just a great image to have. And so in those shaky moments going, it's okay, I've got you by the hand, yeah. you know. I've got goosebumps. I can see all of your neural pathways with that image, just connecting, firing, you know, that allocation of brain resource is going into the soothing, I've got this, I'm powerful, I'm holding you, chemical yeah. cocktail. That's what I mean by it's powerful. Once we link all the dots and we have the neuroscience along with the emotional, along with the language. Um, yeah. I've got goosebumps listening to this. It is powerful and it's beautiful that you've got emotional fluidity, that you're not blocked anymore. <laughs> but and, and, you know, validating that part of myself mm -hmm. was very frightened, super frightened and not having a way to express that. And understandably frightened that it's so normal to validate that, that she, you know, and I think that's where having these elusive, invisible, chronic symptoms, we can have all of this fear inside of us and all of our younger selves that are re-triggered from times of feeling powerless and afraid in the past when that hasn't been resolved. And so we're carrying sort of like this lineage of powerlessness and fear, but it's not going anywhere. It's just tensing inside of us. 
and the nervous system is saying, come on, process this, this is dysregulating me, it doesn't feel good. And then, of course, symptoms get cyclical. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're coming in and we're able to meet that emotional unmet unmet places and we're able to bring in resolution and we're able to self-regulate or co-regulate our nervous system to bring our body back to a point of balance. Pun it's... intended. <laughs> what else did you have on your little um my list? List, yeah. Um I had um um oh that you know in visualizing holding my hand it was being my constant security you know in that sense of i can always do this yeah that was really wonderful yeah and um and that i wanted little me to feel safe because it, it really did feel like for me anyway that the vertigo was a similar feeling to being a frightened child yeah it feels, really it feels powerless and you yeah. bring back in that sense of capacity, resourcing, and, and inner power, which is, which is ideal. Yeah. Um, so okay. So then, in another module, um, you started talking about trauma, and I really, I mean, a couple of times, I mean, actually, many times in the program, I'd think, you know, this doesn't seem to have anything to do with veneers or with vertigo or what I'm really dealing with. And so it started on the module that we, you talk about trauma. And I, again, I was just blown away when I listened to your interview with Holly Richmond. Yeah. And I just thought that is so true as well. I mean, it just, it was so resonating to me. You know? I mean, it's, it's interesting I'm laughing because there's a shared common humanity but it's not funny. It's actually, what is it? It's, I mean, it's just like reality bites. And I feel like part of my job as hold, in holding this rock steady space is to go, you know, even though we don't want to talk about this, we actually kind of need to talk about this as a culture, as a society. Yeah. Because we are, I think the statistics show in America, at least this study was that 90%, 90% 90 of people are holding unprocessed trauma. I mean, that's close to everybody. Yeah, and, and, and I've talked to so many people and friends, you know, about this, you know, since having this awareness. And it's like, you know, there's not, for me, it's not like a major capital T trauma. Hmm. It's just, but we all, I agree, we all have traumas um, in our lives of, of, you know, some little, some amount, big, small, but um, our reactions to that. Yeah, um, they deeply impact our neurology and our neural patterns and our neural networks. And so what we're doing in this rock steady process through talking about it, learning about it and working with it and being with it is we're repatterning and we're intentionally changing some of those reactive patterns that are no longer congruent or in service to us. Yeah. And we're taking our power back. We're redesigning our inner world. And, you know, if we don't talk about it, if we don't have the awareness, if we're ignorant to it or resistant to it, that pattern just stays as is and we, we remain reactive, um, which is actually really okay as well because there's an element of readiness. If we're not ready to meet that, that's okay too. And I think it's it's worth saying in the program at every single point, you can just say, mm, that doesn't feel right for me. Or, I'm not a, I don't want to try that. And that's fine. You just do yeah. something. And, and I did, I did say that in the beginning. I, said, I don't think this is really, 
you know, I don't think I, this module is not going to resonate, but okay. I, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to trust and see where it goes. And yeah, I was quite fascinated. <laughs> yeah. So I loved that. And um, I, um, with all of these, the, you know, understanding powerlessness, reconnecting to my childhood and my, or the child in me hmm. and thinking about any trauma that I've experienced in my life. And uh, I came up with my action plan and it was so powerful just the being able to, in those not quite right moments, yeah. be able to say, you know, am I safe? This will pass. And what do you need, buddy? What do you need? in this moment and just hold on to that in the that's the that's my anchor yeah and that's a lot of the module five work of gaining that feeling of resourced and being prepared and knowing that i can handle it whatever the day brings which i can't predict or control but whatever it brings i have i actually have my to-do list i know how to nourish and support myself i've practiced it i've prepared it i'm ready yeah um, so, um, then I wanted to talk also about, um, I wrote down, okay, what were the best exercises for me yeah. that just really helped a lot? And it was the body scan, the compassionate hands. Mm. Um, I loved, you know, the standing breath scans, I called it and, you know, counting my breath, you know, and my husband would say, <laughs> why are you standing in the corner with your eyes closed? <laughs> <laughs> you know he's used to that now yeah and um and my head side to side and up and down I'm just the re-centering re again and again and again it's just so helpful and um also hearing take a rest you know have a rest day or be kind to yourself and yeah can I ask if you can remember, and I know you're sort of going back a little bit in time, but if you can remember, many folks such as yourself will have gone through regular physiotherapy or vestibular rehabilitation prior to Rocksteady. Yes. In your words, what's the difference? Because, you know, at face value, they could seem similar, but they're quite different. How would you describe the difference between taking that Rocksteady approach which is more the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual versus taking the physical therapy uh, standardized approach? Um, the rock study approach for me was very quiet and centered and helping me to calm down basically. And no other therapist. I had lots of uh, visual rehabilitation therapies you know, exercises to do, and I can do those. And those are sometimes helpful. Um, still are sometimes helpful. Um, but it was really more about like calisthenics kind of thing. And, and the rock steady exercises to me were how I could bring myself back from that precipice of fear or anxiety or, you know, having an event coming up that I was worried about. Like one night I remember people were coming over for dinner. Yeah. And um, I started 
to feel not quite right, you know, just beforehand thinking, oh, I hope I can make it through dinner and I hope I'm okay and da, da, da. And I just went quietly to the corner, stood quietly, you know, counted my breaths and relaxed. And, and that really helped me. I mean, I just found that over and over again, just these small little moments of recentering. Recentering and regulating your nervous system. You know, these, these little opportunities all the time that the world gives us to dysregulate. And it's not just events or ideas, but it can also be, you know, being around stressful people or other events that don't even involve us. Um, stressful conversations and, and we can emotionally become dysregulated by morphing and losing our boundaries and losing our sense of ourselves. And I think the Rocksteady tools give us those boundaries back where we say, that's not mine. And I can recenter and I can come back to my truth. And I can be an empathic witness and compassionate towards the struggles around me in the outer world, but I don't need to get lost into them. Yeah. So having the, that sense of boundaries and the tools, as you say, to recenter again and again. Yeah. And just feeling my feet, you know, just the, you know, reminder to just like right now, feel my feet. Where are they? And what does it feel like? Yeah. And it's just, so it became like momentary Mm -hmm. more than you know timing myself or mm -hmm. oh yeah it, it just became again and again throughout the day as needed as wanted when it felt right or felt good yeah um is there anything else on your list before i um i wanted to let you know like one exercise that i didn't think i was gonna like at all but i did it because you know i wanted to try it all so i did the letter to letter from my future self mm -hmm. and okay. and i um just kind of banged it out and you know forgot about it and then came across it again on my computer and i and i thought that's wonderful that's beautiful i mean it was really powerful yeah I really enjoy connecting to my older self too sometimes when I feel a bit wavering or a bit lost and I touch base with older Joey and I sort of just, I get a feel for where I'm headed. It feels very grounding, very nurturing. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and my final part that I wrote down was just the whole idea uh, that it's okay to feel vulnerable. Yeah. And um, I wrote vulnerability is our power and strength. And instead of going, I feel vulnerable. I don't think I should do this. Saying, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm okay in this. I can do it. Vulnerability is essential. Yeah. But that's very scary when, yes. Because, and, and because what I was experiencing was extreme disabling vertigo, not even just not quite right. Like, so not right. I, I was hoping I could make it to my bedroom kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, huge. Um, and that's the nature of many ears. For those of you listening, it's there's, there's mechanical issues in the ear where there's too much fluid building up and it's starting to um, dysregulate and disrupt the mechanisms, usually of one ear, can happen in both ears, and we get this extreme severe physical spinning that can last for a few hours, usually longer than 20 minutes, and that can lead to some damage to the inner ears which then requires the rehabilitation over six weeks to rebuild back some kind of a new normalized um, inner ear patterning again. So many as 
is, is deeply challenging and many people report when they get these mini as attacks that they're not sure if they're having a stroke or a heart attack or dying like it's extremely severe we, we can't see properly we lose our sense of up and down um, and we have no choice but to rely on the people around us to hold us and support us until we recenter so it, it is a very scary time and look how far you've come yes yes and and you know my husband has said it's like um, 190 degrees, you know, I've just like, oh yeah, 180 degrees, <laughs> um, it, from where I started just a few months ago. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I've, I've forgotten what my other question was for you, but it'll come back if it needs to come. I love to ask my rock city, actually, let's, let's go to the, um, the call replays, the group call replays. Did you engage with those and how did, did, did you find a connection with the community, the global community that way? Um, I connect, I like the group calls a lot I, because it's true that everyone is on a similar path. And, you know, again, you think, oh, I don't think this will really pertain to me. And then, oh my gosh, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, but I don't, I'm not a real Facebook user, so I haven't really used the Facebook portion, but, or gotten to know people personally, but yet I know there's this large community and that is reassuring to know, mm. you know, sad, but reassuring to know I'm not the only one on the planet who feels this way. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think the group call replays are a wonderful place to begin and end actually, you know, the, the healing nature of conversations. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. So I really appreciate having those and I plan to continue. So my plan now is to go back through the modules again yeah. and again and again, and the group calls. I mean, I'm just hoping to stay with it, it because I feel like it's eight years in. I, I need to give myself a long process to work through it. Yeah, and the and we can only like because it's intentional and a conscious rebuilding of our neural pathways. I mean, there is, I guess, that potential that that we can slip back into old habits. You know, old habits die hard. So there is a lot of value in staying with the process and really making it a, a habitual or ritualized way of life. Um, but having said that, I think with the dedication and with the time, with the weeks and the months, we do begin to automate some new really solid hardwired neural pathways which we've guided perhaps towards feeling centered or calm or responsive or resourceful whatever it is we've chosen so my question for you is do you feel in your body some new neural pathways that have started to really strengthen um, and do you want to describe some of that if you think about the old gen versus the new reinvented gen what do you feel in your body that's changed um I can feel in, oh, I didn't mention this to you. I had actually lost about 20 pounds um, in this last year and a half, which I am pretty certain was due to the vertigo and the nausea and, and the anxiety, really. So I can really feel the neural pathways in my um, digestive system. Everything feels calmer and 
more relaxed. And when I try and find you know, where do I feel centered in the body scans, where is, is it that I hold my centeredness? And it's like in that intestinal kind of digestive area, that's where I, my hands go, you know, for comfort. And um, yeah, then that's been really healing for me. You know, I've really, I've started to put weight back on and you know, that was, yeah. And they say, I was getting worried. I mean, I, cause I wasn't intentionally trying to lose weight or anything. And it's frightening losing weight. I've had that as well. Yeah. Um, they say our gut is like our second brain with all of its neural connections. And it also just that felt sense of receiving the world and digesting the world, not just food, but ideas, conversations, emotions. Uh, so it is a really potent place, the abdomen. And, I think so. And okay. and with the panic, you know, it all you I can feel it just freezes. It just seizes up. Yeah. And you've got the tools now, of course, to reactivate it and soothe it, depending on which dysregulation direction you're you're working with. Right. So that is a very powerful benefit yeah. of the Rock Steady program and exercises for me. Um and, and I really, for me, I still feel like it's early days and I'm still coming. I feel like I'm a blade of grass that has been stomped down and it's slowly rising back up. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm so pleased. Do you have any encouragement, advice or words of wisdom for yourself a year ago? Knowing what you know now, what, how might you speak to that part of you that was very afraid and perhaps having a a low confidence or self-esteem moment what might you offer to yourself um i think i would offer um well what i wrote you know from my future self what made so much sense to me when i reread this is the dizziness will fade day by day mm. until like a wisp of mist or a puff of smoke it is gone you won't know exactly when, but from here on out, you will feel better and better. Mm. And that's what I think I would go back and tell myself. It won't be like, oh my gosh, I'm fixed in a, yeah, it's not going to be like that. It's just this slow coming back. And then one day it will be gone just as it appeared. Yeah. You know, I couldn't tell you exactly when this all started in what moment, mm. but and what I'm, what I'm hearing from that, it's almost like saying we're learning to be okay with the vulnerability of uncertainty and mystery and not knowing and not having all the answers beautifully laid out. We're learning to hold the mystery and actually walk, step into the mystery with a really factual, truthful, embodied sense of groundedness, safety, calm, center and intentionality. So we're not sort of wavering in the mystery and freaking out. We're very centered in the mystery. Yes. I'm so pleased that you found Rocksteady and that you're a part of our community, Jen. Well, thank you. I am, I am too. And I thank you so much for having the ability to put this all together in such a, a thoughtful, compassionate, direct way that just really speaks to the need that's out there. Thank you so for much. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, especially for all those many sufferers out there who are feeling 
you know, it's incurable, I'm stuck, there's nothing I can do. I really invite you to join our Rocksteady community to learn about what you can do. So there's definitely things we cannot control and there's an element of surrender. But I think as Jen shared, there is an awful lot we can control and we can influence and that we can really get the best out of our residual function as far as what's working between the ear and the brain, the eyes and the spinal column. We can really augment that to get the best result rather than feel stuck in that powerlessness space, which is so immobilizing. Right. 100%. Thank you again, Jen, for sharing your story. Uh, so happy to do it, Joy, really. And so for, those of you, for those of you listening who um, want to meet us and learn more, visit seekingbalance.com.au, join the Rocksteady community and get going with Module 1. It's a bye for now, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.